The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, January the 12th, and we are out of football games until next weekend, which is fine. The playoffs are rolling right along. Of course, you can check out the feed. We have multiple recaps um, and, of course, look-aheads as part of that to the divisional round uh, coming up later this week, we'll have picks, we'll have a Brady Quinn football show, we'll have much more, et cetera, et cetera. But right now, to break down some swirling NFL news, NFL chatter, the one, the only, Jonathan Jones. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Happy New Year and uh, all the other pleasantries that one would offer uh, two weeks into January. What uh, What's your personal deadline for Happy New Year? Um, probably like the, I'm just curious. Yeah, probably the 10th. What are, and, and, you know, if it's still early enough and we haven't spoken, well, it's the 11th now, right? So it's the 12th uh, maybe when people are listening, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Screw me. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 see, I think, I think this year is different though. Like ordinarily I probably would have, I don't know if I would have seen you, but I would have like texted with you or like, right. It's so different. Like you see people v- very rarely. Right. So that way I think that you can actually kind of extend it into the 13th or 14th. Well, well isn't this, isn't this basically like March 310th anyway? Yeah. yeah. Pretty, uh, I think it's like March 280th actually, something like that. But yeah. Um, by the way, you can listen to the Pick Six podcast on your smart speaker. Simply say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pick Six NFL podcast or Hey Google, play the latest episode of the Pick Six NFL podcast. You can also, by the way, we uh, our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Six Pod on Twitter. The number one featured tweet in Peter King's morning after column, uh, "Football Morning in America." Thanks, Peter. That's very nice of you. I don't know if he listens, but if he does, I appreciate it. Um, I like the description. It was Pick Six is a CBS football podcast, and Sunday it commented on one of the graphics of the Nickelodeon <laughs> telecast. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know how else you would describe it. I think it's a pretty good description. It really is. It's like the beginning of a of a Wikipedia article on the Pick Six podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pick, Pick Six Podcast is an American sports podcast. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's talk some Deshaun Watson. Let's talk some coaching, GM rumors, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, unless you have any burning takeaways from the weekend. Um, I mean, obviously surprised by the Browns. Right? Yeah, crazy. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger said- comes back. Boy, uh, you know, I haven't dove into his contract and what sort of the dead money would be. Uh, 20, 22 and a half million dead next year. Yeah, maybe they could work something out. I mean, he, he, you know, he played 20 quarters of football in December. Let's add in the four from last night. So we're talking 24 quarters from the start of December. And he played, you know, uh, he played two good quarters against the Colts. And then whatever quarters he played on Sunday night that were good didn't matter because one point three five or something like that. Right, right. So you know, I it, it's hard for me <laughs> to look at that 
especially knowing that the entire offense in the 11 game win streak was really just, Hey, get the ball out of your hands as quickly as possible. Don't even get your fingers on the laces. Just throw it to the guy that's open, do the math and go. So yeah, it's hard for me to understand why a team like the Steelers 14 straight seasons without a, a losing record would really want him back outside of sentimentality, which really shouldn't be factored in at this point. Yeah. Uh, if people want more on the Steelers and, a high, a high energy take on the Steelers. Go listen to the recap with Ryan Wilson. He was gassed up because obviously he got punched in the stomach repeatedly to start that game. Certainly believed the Steelers were coming back and then had his, you know, punch in the stomach a few more times to close out the game. He seems to think it's a full blown total rebuild and, uh, <laughs> wants to see Roethlisberger and, and pretty much everybody involved except for Mike Tomlin sail off into the sunset. Um, in fact, he said, and I'm we grilled him on this over and over because we're like, you got to be this is got to be a heat of the moment thing. He said he would not trade Mike Tomlin for Deshaun Watson. Hmm. You uh, trade Mike, Mike Tomlin would trade Mike Tomlin for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I'd, I'd, if if it were a straight up trade, yeah, yeah I don't think yeah, there's any you doubt. Do, I, I mean, do Mike that. Tomlin would be like, listen, I understand that I've never had a losing season with you guys, and I've been here forever, and I, I'm going to the Hall of Fame, and I've won a Super Bowl. You're doing the right thing here. You know, I don't yeah. really want to go to Houston, but I yeah, tip my cap. You, he's you know, he's like Laramie Tunzel, like, yeah, I, I'd trade me for that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that takes, let's get, let's talk to Sean Watson. There, I mean, what a, what a mess the Texans have on their hands. Um, the reports over the weekend, uh, coming from, uh, primarily ESPN, I think with Chris Mortensen saying that there is some buzz about possibly trading Deshaun Watson. He has a no trade clause. And then Adam Schefter pointing out that if Watson was a two on the anger level when they traded DeAndre Hopkins, which I would have guessed, you know, maybe like an eight on the Hopkins trade, but two. Okay. Uh, he's now a 10. <laughs> so that's not particularly good. Um, Mortensen's specific tweet was reports about Deshaun Watson's unhappiness with the Texans, and he tagged him, good for him, are accurate and sources close to the quarterback say he's still angry about the team's insensitivity to social justice, including hiring practice after the franchise failed to interview Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy this past week. Uh, he continued, sources say Watson could play hardball with the Texans about a trade. His new $156 million contract includes a no-trade clause, but informed speculation from a source is that he would consider the Miami Dolphins, in which Tua Tungavailoa and additional compensation goes to Houston. I mean, are we going to go full NBA in this uh, with the Texans <laughs> this offseason? I don't think that we're at that point yet. Um, there are any number of reasons why we're not at that point. You'd have to find, I don't know if the Dolphins would be that trade partner. You got to find someone to dance. If we ever got to that point, and I'm probably skipping yeah. ahead because there's no reason for Nick Casario and Jack Easterby and whoever the head coach is to come in there and not try to, number one, repair this relationship. I do yeah. not believe, and the folks that I've spoken to do not necessarily believe that the bridge between Deshaun and the Texans has been obliterated. Right. This is not Dark Knight Rises and there's just no more bridge anymore. <laughs> um, it, 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 fences can be mended here. It, it all starts from Cal McNair, who is an incredibly weak owner. Um, oh, my goodness. And I've, I've used that phrase before because people close to uh, I'm going to phrase this delicately, but folks close to that organization um, mm -hmm. have said those exact words that he is weak. Uh, in fact, one quote was spineless and mm. we have seen that he does not know how to operate as the chairman of a football team, uh, taking over for his late father. So we can go through all, everybody knows what's been going on there. 
And so I was not at all surprised by the ESPN report, I believe, uh, and PFT that, hey, it's, uh, it was Omar Khan's job. And then all of a sudden, Jack Eastbury was like, hold up. Wait a second. I got a guy because they threw a ton of money at Nick Casario, making him a top three highest paid general manager in the NFL. Because what I was told was back in December, Casario and Houston, and this is early December, Casario and Houston probably weren't going to happen because of the owner and because of the search firm. And I wrote that. And it turns out that in the 11th hour, things were worked out. Money talks. Jack Easterby worked his magic. But we're talking about Deshaun. And it there so it, it would but, but all, back- just really quickly on the yeah. Easterby thing. So like Easterby is hired by Bill O'Brien to come in and sort of serve in this bizarre motivational, Nebulous. helpful role, uh, where you know, sort of elevated from what he'd been doing in, in New England, obviously. He works his way into VP of football ops. He jabs a trident into Bill O'Brien's heart. I mean, the Game of Thrones him. Um, I mean it's a red wedding style situation, gets him axed in the middle of the season. And it, it felt like, you know, Cal McNair came out and said this offseason, Jack Easterby will not be our general manager. And we're hiring a search firm, and you're like, all right, whew, if you're a Texans fan, take a breath, because now Jack Easterby's not in charge of all this. And then as you point out, it they hire a search firm. This is almost identical to what the Browns did with their coaching search when they hired an analytical group that told them to hire Kevin Stefanski. And, like, and then John Dorsey's like, no, we got to hire Freddie Kitchens. It points to Cal McNair either being weak and spineless, as you note, or potentially being kidnapped or hypnotized. Like, I mean, and I'm not even kidding. Like, what, something what, happened. Like, I mean, he, Easterby, and by all accounts, this is just how Easterby rolls. He's able to really get people's ear and get them to listen to him. But he basically flipped it at the last minute and kept his power by bringing in Casario. Yeah, it's an absolute scoop slam of Cal McNair. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the absolute right read. Also, not only did they have the search firm, uh, Corn Ferry, they also remember because they also had the issues with diversity and, and all those things. So they said, Hey, we're going to have, uh, Andre Johnson consult on some of this. And Jimmy Johnson, I think was involved in it. And there were a couple other, uh, it was a very nice multiracial. I felt like I was looking at a, at a, at a car commercial in 2021, looking like, at this like, group of people. It's like, when, did you see Drew Brees' cleats yesterday? Uh, uh, excuse me on Sunday. I did not. <laughs> I did not see it. He's like, just some of my favorite baseball players. <laughs> was it like Roberto Clemente no, and, like and Jackie Page. Robinson? Like, dude, you want to lie for Satchel Page? It's like, like, I mean, I, I get, like, I appreciate you shouting out great base. Like, Ken Griffey Jr., okay. But like, Drew Brees, you were not a fan of the Negro Leagues, my friend. Like, you were just not old enough for that. You're very old, but you're not old enough for, like, one of my favorite players. Get out of town. Um, the, uh, it was, uh, here, oh, here's the group, by the way. It was Andre Johnson, uh, Tony, oh, Tony Dungy, R.C. Buford, Rod Graves, former Cardinals GM, Jimmy Who's Johnson. Now over the Fritz Power Alliance, yeah. And, and Andre Johnson, what? That really is a car commercial in 2020. That's yeah. bizarre. What is that? <laughs> I, I have no idea. So you have, you have Corn Ferry that you spend all this money on, however many hundreds of thousands of dollars. You have this group of a couple of Hall of Famers in there. Um, and then all of a sudden you just pick the guy that your guy told you to go with. And that's that. Right. So, um, listen, they messed up. Cal McNair messed up early on in the process by telling Deshaun Watson, hey, you know, you're going to have a voice in this or whatever the phrasing was. Anything more than we're going to keep you in the loop, which I believe and I think a reasonable person would say, 
hey, that's enough. Before the news is broken, before we give this to an insider, we're going to let you know. Or we're going to get down the road. And before we actually hire this person, I mean, this is pretty basic common sense. If you're an owner and you have a franchise quarterback who's miffed off, you're like, hey, Deshaun, here's the guys we're looking at. And if he, if he does a fit, he's like, absolutely not. Then you have to refigure things. But he ain't going to do that. No. Just give a heads up. It's a courtesy call. Throw him a bone. It's not <laughs> That's hard. all it is. And so if you, if you promise him even more than that, which the Texans did, and you don't even accomplish less than that, yeah. then he has a right to be upset. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, it is, I, I think that cooler heads ultimately will prevail so long as, and this is the big so long as, the Texans play this right. And what do we know about the Texans? They don't normally play things right. No. I am not at all going to be surprised if there are more changes uh, coming to their front office uh, in the coming weeks. Mm. Uh, and do you mean like refiguring, uh, like firing or, or mo- moving along from, I mean, look, Nick, Nick Casario has the job. He is a well-paid executive. He is a well-thought-of executive. People have been yes. trying to lure him out of New England for a long time. It's a pretty good hire in a vacuum. The problem is it's Easterby coordinated it and they managed to make Deshaun Watson mad. And I agree with you. He could potentially repair that relationship pretty easily. I mean, I, 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 I don't think Easterby's going anywhere. I know that that's not the, the biggest news of 2021. Uh, I don't think that Easterby's going anywhere. I think that he and Casario will be there. Obviously, Cal McNair, you can't fire the owner. Um, but maybe some other uh, executives there may find themselves not in the position that they are currently in. I would assume that Nick Casario's plan is to reorganize the front office in the image that he sees fit. I mean, that would and be you pay him a lot of money to do that. So, right? Do you uh, believe? I, I will that- also I'll also say yeah. this: Will um, they have to throw Deshaun some bones? So I think that we saw when they said, "Hey, we're going to interview Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator for the head coaching job," because Deshaun really likes Tim Kelly. Yeah. Now, for what for whatever reason, and I don't know this exactly, but it was told to me. Again, very shortly after Thanksgiving, Eric Bieniemy to Houston's not going to happen. Right. And so they're not interviewing Eric Bieniemy because it was never going to happen. So Deshaun Watson can want him and can hope that Houston would give him a shot, but it was told to me long ago that this wasn't going to happen. So that's why it's not necessarily a surprise to me that they haven't done it. Uh, and but then at the same time, again, smart organization. If you know that Desha- if Deshaun Watson is advocating for Eric Bieniemy, or he believes that he's concerned about social justice, and you just fired your, you know, your head of PR ostensibly because she like liked a tweet from Joe Biden or something, and I don't think that was it. Um, okay, I don't know exactly what it was, um, and I, I want to go ahead and say I know that that was the one that was circulating out there. But notice how the president of the team, Jamie Roots, how. Uh, you know, he, everybody said, okay, that was his decision and he took on that decision. But before she was fired, nobody knew anything about the book that he had apparently written and was attempting to peddle. And then shortly after she was fired, he started peddling his book that the Texans franchise had not been really putting out there all that much, mm. uh, during a losing season. And so, um, you can sort of put these two things together. President who writes a book that nobody hears anything about fires the PR person who probably could have been promoting said book that had nothing to do with a losing season when you haven't done anything as a president. And then all of a sudden, once that person is fired, now you're doing a whole bunch of Q and A's about your book that nobody wants to read. 
kind of tough to push. Look, tough to push a book entitled The Winning Game Plan, Colin, a proven leadership playbook for continuous business success when your team is winning four and five games. Tough sell. You're getting roasted for that if you if you're pushing that. Um, all right, that's it. That's interesting. That that makes more sense. But obviously, you know, the way that it, look, it's in it's this this organization is in Texas. Uh, it's in you know Houston. It is a, a team that has been owned. You know, the late Cal, or the late uh, Hal. Who's who, who died? John McNair, Steve. How am I forgetting his name? How is it? How? What, what the hell is wrong? No, with me? Bob McNair, the old, Bob the late McNair. Bob McNair. God. From That's Forest fun. City, North Carolina, right down the road from me and my native uh, Shelby. I almost called him John McClain. That's how off I am today. Uh, but the late Bob McNair, look, I wouldn't guess if I was, if I was laying out his personal beliefs and opinions across the spectrum of things, I don't think that you're going to have him leaning very far to the left. No, you aren't. Um, you are not. I wrote about this for Sports Illustrated a couple of years ago, but he had, uh, yeah, no, he, he was absolutely right leaning political contributions all went that way. Yeah. And that's um, fine. I'm, we're not trying to make it political, but like, yeah, right. You're in Texas. The, the way that things work in Texas a lot of times are not the way that things work everywhere else. And, right. it, and you can take from that what you will. Um, so if they don't, for whatever reason, they don't like Eric B. Enemy, I get it. But if, you, if you're trying to make Deshaun Watson happy, maybe interview Eric B. Enemy. It, it, but you, you also you you also don't want to check a box though either. Sure. You know I mean, you don't you don't want to bring him in just like hey we're just doing this for the quarterback. Well, like, you don't want you him know. to. I mean I mean you morally speaking no you don't want to do that and you don't want him to know you do that. But you could act like you're interviewing him and you're interested and then just be like you know what we're going to go in a different direction. Or here's an idea: interview him and see if he's the guy. Like like what if he's the guy? It's a crazy thought, Will. I, I mean it's just stupid. It's just bad business practices. Um. Okay, so Deshaun Watson. Let's say hypothetically that the bridge doesn't get repaired because I, I think that is on the table. Um, yep. I, I don't, I, I agree with you. I do think that, you know, it's one of those things where in 2021 with a distance separating people that it's much easier for, uh, this sort of thing to bubble up because you just can't call somebody like, Hey, we got to sit down right now. Like Nick Casario can't just go sit down with Deshaun Watson right now. I mean, I guess he could, but, um, let's say hypothetically. Uh, it, it doesn't get repaired. What do you think, who and what do you think a Deshaun Watson trade would involve? Well, I'll also say this. I thought about throwing him some bones. You, you don't have a first or second round pick where you can give him an offensive weapon and you're yep. going to have to figure out some cap stuff. But I would also look at early you March. You can't even sign Will Fuller because he's suspended next year. <laughs> That's right. So I would, I would look the second week of March as, as free agency starts firing up that they're going to focus on the offensive side of the football. You have to do something for Deshaun. Um, and obviously you now have to clue him in on the, on the coaching search. Um, where could he go? I mean, who's going to, who's going to give you uh, three first round picks? That's, I think that's what it has to, people have said like two first round picks and a player. Somebody said that on here, and I can't remember who it was. I, I don't. He's I don't not know Jamal what the, Adams. Right. I, yeah. I mean, he. That, I mean, that, that's that's Jamal Adams. That's that's Laramie Tunsil. That's Laramie Tunsil. Like we're we're talking about a guy. I'd who, want four first round picks for for Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, uh, and frankly, you you should get them um, if that's what you want. I don't know any team that would be willing to part with four first round picks, and that's why I say three. Just because sure. I think that some, but, uh, um, two seconds or something. I mean, like, yeah, I agree with you. 
Yeah. It's just, it's so difficult for me to even go down that road. And I know in the past couple of years, we, we said, listen, uh, the Steelers can't get out of Antonio Brown's contract. Le'Veon Bell isn't going to sit out a season. Um, you know, we've already figured out that Carson Wentz can, can write a $20 million check to the Eagles and get out of his deal. You know, all these things. And so I don't want to say it can't possibly happen because I've said that the last couple of years and it has happened. Sure. Um, but it is hard for me to imagine a team actually pushing the button on three to four first rounders. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, especially with the salary cap coming down. Those first round picks are extremely valuable in terms of cost controlled, high, high talent assets that you can build around. I mean, you know, if you took, if you hit on four first round picks and you come away with four blue chip players, you know, you wouldn't trade four, four studs for Deshaun Watson. Well, and so, but you got to play the odds there. If you give up, it's not guaranteed, of course. You're, you, you hit on, on two, right? And it depends on where you're picking to get those two, because if you get a top five, then yeah, you got a blue chip player. But I was talking with the Rams and GM Les Snead about this. And he was, he was talking to me about maybe it was the Jalen trade or something. Yeah. And it, when you match up what the Rams, uh, ultimately gave away with Jalen and he said, would you take, I think it was Caleb on chase on. No, it was like, it, well, yeah. Or it was like, Caleb McGarry, because they were picking at 28 or whatever. Right. So it's Caleb McGarry and let's say Isaiah Wynn. It was two offensive linemen. And you just said, would you trade Jalen Ramsey for these two offensive linemen? Of yeah. course you would, you would try to get Jalen Ramsey and you want Ramsey. Even yeah, with the con, even with the contract, you want Ramsey. Absolutely. And so those kind of trades are just so, because what the, the greatest drug in, uh, in the NFL is potential. Sure. And when, when you have those first, those four first round picks, just like you're saying, the cost control, everything like that, you also believe that you're going to hit on all four, which is completely wrong and won't happen, but you believe that you will. So, you know, you well, think well, that you're going to find this a is shot. An example. Would you trade Derek Brown, Brian Burns, DJ Moore, and Dante Jackson for Deshaun Watson? Those are the Panthers' last three first round picks and a second round pick in 2018. <sighs> Understanding, understanding that the Panthers have the what eighth overall pick this year. I thought it was fifth, but maybe it's no, eight. no, no, no. It's it's eight or nine. Okay. They, I would take. I would not make that trade. I would keep those players, and then I would draft whoever I can at eight, or try to slide up inside the top five to to get the guy, uh, and just say, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Just because the, you can't build a team that way. There's you, you just can't. You can't. Yeah. Every year say, Hey, we're going to use a first rounder on a quarterback. That's how you end up like the Texans. That's exactly right. I can't, I I cannot understand the talk about the Dolphins and Tua, right? Like, okay, it works for Arizona because you had a dud at quarterback in Josh Rosen, who's, who's on a practice squad now and a franchise changer in Kyler Murray. But if it's Tua and Zach Wilson, I'm just going to roll with Tua. I'm, I have to. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, the problem is that they, It's the problem is not that the Texans have angered Deshaun Watson. The problem is that the Texans have angered Deshaun Watson and have not given themselves a way to get out of angry, like because they traded that pick to Miami for Tunsil and then overpaid Tunsil. Like it's great that Tunsil's a pro bowler, but that pick is basic. It is, it is literally Panay Sewell. I mean, and I'm not saying Panay Sewell is definitely going to be better than Laramie Tunsil, but at his price, I'm taking Panay Sewell all day. 
I would rather have Panay Sewell in his early 20s on a rookie contract than Laramie Tunsil on his contract. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And I think that is where forward-thinking, intelligent GMs are ahead of the curve on this stuff. And it's where Bill O'Brien, as a head coach and someone whose GM responsibilities were basically developed at Penn State and with Bill Belichick and then was guided with and worked with uh, Jack Easterby, um, you know, that's where they screwed up and they found themselves in this hole. So nasty situation. I think, I mean, I think it's, it's just tough to find somebody that's going to trade four draft picks in 2021 for yeah. Deshaun Watson. I don't see it happening. And if, and if that's your price and that doesn't happen, you can't come off your price. You can't say, well, we'll take two first and maybe we'll take your uh, Pro Bowl safety from 2018. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll discuss some GM coach rumors. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. So the Deshaun Watson trade we feel like is unlikely, but, uh, you know, may all depend on who the Texans hire as a head coach. And uh, they've hired the GM, Nick Casario, the first GM hired. So I think we have six openings left on GM jobs. Is that right? The Panthers, the Lions, the Falcons. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Denver. Denver. Oh, yeah, Elway. And, Did we uh, say Atlanta? Yeah, I said Atlanta. You know, you'd think for a professional football writer, I'd be more in tune. <laughs> well, we also, there's also Washington uh, that will likely. And Washington, that's GM. it. That's yep. it, yeah. Yep. I, was on, I was on in Charlotte with our buddy uh, Mac, Chris McClendon, yeah. on, uh, on Monday morning. And they were like, so uh, what, do you, what do you think about the Panthers GM search? I was like, I'll be honest. I don't even know who they've interviewed. Like, I mean, like, I, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I know if you gave me like five minutes to think about it, but like the playoffs are happening, guys. I don't, you know, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it, the playoffs don't matter in Charlotte. Uh, and, right. and they were like, yeah, you don't need to tell us about the playoffs. I was like, all oh, right. Uh, but on the Panthers thing, I think it's interesting to note that Nick Casario was involved there. Uh, he obviously got hired by the Texans and, uh, then we saw, uh, another executive with the Colts back out of the Panthers job. Dodds did back yeah. out. And those were there, yeah. as it was sort of told to me, those were 
I think Casario was their top one. And if the money was not right in Houston, uh, I did believe that David Tepper was going to make sure the money was right in Carolina for Nick Casario. Interesting. Uh, I think that there was a lot of interest going into the interview with Ed Dodds, the assistant GM of the Colts. I'm not over here saying that he bombed the interview. I, I factually do not have the sourcing on what happened from there was interest in him to him uh, formally withdrawing his name, but he is, uh, he, he is no longer. So I have a, I have a theory. Okay. Because the fact that Nick Casario decided took Houston, the Houston job is not as good as the Carolina job. Uh, no, it's not. If, 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 I mean, Deshaun Watson's great, but the Carolina job is better because of all the things going on now. Agreed. Uh, and we'll get to Ed Dodds pulled out of the Carolina job. The Panthers have not interviewed Omar Khan of the Steelers, no. who was one of the finalists for the Texans job, um, under the analytics, under, under the Corn Ferry recommendation. He also is in, he's in Pittsburgh where David Tepper was. I sort of wonder if what's going on in Carolina, and I, I don't know, this is just a theory, um, is if whoever's coming in to be the GM is coming into a Brandon Bean, John Schneider situation with Matt Rule. In other words, Matt Rule is going to have the control. And as such, Nick Casario is like, eh, like I'm going to be able to do whatever I want in Houston. And Dodds is like, I, you know, like, like I need a situation like Chris Ballard has. I see how that works. It's, I, you know, I think that's better. And they're not even bothering to call Omar Khan because they know that he would not take that job if he was answering to the head coach ultimately. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like any general manager job, they do have to get along with the head coach in Carolina. Yeah, you know, we can argue the semantics and who's running the show or whatever. This team, whatever they're going to be in 2021 and immediately beyond, will be made in the image of Matt Rule. And it will be Matt Rule and company. And the GM will be involved in the and company. But this is Matt Rule's program. (laughs) Matt Rule is the, you know, (laughs) he's the bass player. Yes. And so that's, that's sort of what, what it is. And yeah, if you are a GM candidate and you decide, ah, it's not really what I want. Now, that's going to be true across the board in a lot of places. Look at Denver, and you have no idea what ownership is, and the guy who had your job for 10 years just got promoted, and he's going to be your boss. Right. right. In, in Atlanta. I'm, sure, I'm sure John Elwood would be totally cool about letting you do whatever it is you want and not at all jamming his fingers in, in your biz. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it looks like a pretty bad job to me. Uh, Atlanta, you know, you have Rich McKay, who used to be the GM. A lot of questions there. In Jacksonville, you know, if Urban Meyer somebody is somebody lights you up on Rich McKay, does somebody? Am I wrong? Uh, oh, Bill, Bill Polian! <laughs> oh my God, get out of town, Bill Polian! Like, of course, look, Rich McKay is a very nice man. Yes, and he's been in Atlanta for a long time, and, I, and he's very well connected around the league. But Rich McKay is going to be in your biz. He's been in Atlanta for fifteen freaking years. If you're doing something and he's in charge, he's going to be in your biz. What is Bill Polian talking about? So, so that the listeners know, I had, I had written in a piece that, um, sources around the league that I'd spoke to had just simply said, Hey, in the interview process, I'm going to be asking about Rich McKay and what he's doing here because I want to know if this is my job or if this is me and Rich or what it is. And am I answering uh, to Arthur Blank? Am I answering to Rich McKay who's then communicating to Arthur Blank? Cause those are two very, very different things. If you are a high level GM candidate. That's right. And so one source had told me, I don't know if they're going to get a top tier candidate because of that. So I wrote that and put it in quotes, all that stuff. And, uh, the AtlantaFalcons.com, the team website, (laughs) you know, talked with Bill Polian, asked him about my former coworker, Matt to be, can you you publish this? It's outrageous. (laughs) Well, you know, to to each their own, but Bill Polian said something to the effect of, I wouldn't know Mr. Jones if I tripped over him and, (laughs) 
And that's that's <laughs> absurd and ridiculous. Uh, I'm not laughing loves, at you. I'm laughing at Bill Paul. Yeah, everybody like, loves Rich McKay. I mean, it was a hilarious quote. I'm yeah. not gonna. But also, like, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm, just like it's such an unnecessary like like drive by. Like, what? They could have been yeah. like, I I disagree with that statement. I think Rich McKay is a is a very well regarded executive. Also, Bill Paulian, your last opinion that you said Lamar should be a, a running back, so a wide receiver. So good, good for you, pal. Good for you. Yeah, I just I just let that one sit out there. I mean, plus, like, I mean, Pullian and Dungy, like, it just, it, they drive me nuts. Like, just, you can't rank Tom Brady number one. You just can't do it out of principle. Like, get, get off, get off of it, guys. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I think all these jobs, all these GM jobs have that in common around uh, that, that are being hired because, right. um, I, I keep trying to blank on his name. The Lions president who was Rob in, Wood. Yeah. Rob Wood, who was involved in like the release of Marvin Hall. Is that, what, what what are we doing, people? Yeah, and I and I think in, in the Carolina job, you have a situation with David Tepper where he is the face of the like, he, he that's just who he is, and ha, he is going to be front and center. The GM is not going to be front and center when these big things are happening, and that that's his prerogative as owner. But you know that that's a that's a thing the Steelers don't really do. Yeah, so that's that's what you have to navigate everywhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the key pieces are. How much autonomy do I have as a GM? What does ownership look like? What are resources devoted to football operations looking like? Who's the head coach? But even before that, of course, it's who's the quarterback or how can I attain a franchise quarterback? And for the Denver Broncos, if I'm looking at this from top to bottom, all of those things, ownership, autonomy, uh, resources, uh, you, you uh, no idea who the quarterback is. And you're not really in a position to go out there and get the quarterback via the salary cap situation or the draft situation. I I very clearly rank that as the worst GM opening. Okay. Um what are some who are who are some guys that you're hearing and obviously we there's I mean like Carolina's interviewed 13 guys. Yeah. They're going all over the place whether it's assistant GMs, you know, player personnel guys, VP of football ops, cap guys, everything. And that's how you should do it. Yeah, turn, don't leave, no stone unturned or whatever. Uh who are some people that are, you're hearing are getting more buzz than maybe others. And I apologize because I actually hate this question when people do it to me. Um, no, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. So let's, we'll start in Jacksonville where all eyes are on Urban Meyer and they want to try to lock in Urban Meyer. And once they lock him in, then you find the GM that's going to work with Urban. Sure. If they don't get Urban, then I think they're going to start targeting the GM first and then the head coach. Um, you look at Carolina, they, they are really running the gamut there where you talk to analytics guys, just like you talked about and personnel guys young and old, quote-unquote retreads, guys that maybe you think may need a little bit more seasoning. Right now, there's not a lot of smoke coming out of their white or black smoke about what's happening in Carolina. In Atlanta, um, what I have heard is very strong candidate, Terry Fontenot, assistant general yeah. manager of the Saints. Uh, he is is strong candidate there. Uh, and if he gets that job, I'm not at all going to be surprised if he brings 31-year-old Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady there with him, obviously reuniting from the New Orleans Saints with their time there. Um, Fontenot, I believe. Oh, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. What's that? I just actually, I was like, just Googling Terry Fontenot just to see if there's any other buzz popping up. And it was like, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are doing this a lot on their website. Reports, Colin, Joe Brady, Terry Fontenot pairing quote, very possible for Falcons. I was like, Oh, I wonder if somebody else, no, it's your, it's your tweet. Yeah. 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 CBS Sports yeah. So, um, um and- and here's the other the other name that I want to put out there, uh, Adam Peters, 
uh, yeah. with the 49ers used to play uh, or, at or had UCLA. At no, he, UCLA. He was coaching when Matt Rule was playing, I think. Something like that. They have some sort of UCLA connection there. Uh, he also has a connection, obviously, to Denver. So that's a that's something to look for. And listen, by the time that this is published, we may know the future in Chicago. Uh, you know, was was that little win streak there at the end enough to save hmm. both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? Uh, because very clearly, Mitch Trubisky can is not a top thirty-two quarterback in this league. Yeah, he's not a. I mean, yeah, doesn't have that NC State quarterback pedigree from the. No, no, he does not. Uh, oh, and three, our schools were their quarterbacks in the, in the playoffs in the, in the wildcard round. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and two, if you don't want to give me Russell Wilson, but, um, I'll give him to you. Anytime that he loses, I'll give him the state. <laughs> what is, is, is hiring Joe Brady? I was asked about that on, on Max radio show. And I mean, like, it's weird because when you're, you know, you're in Charlotte, I don't think that Joe Brady's driving around listening to WFNZ. I don't want to like torpedo Joe Brady if he is though, but I, I'm just not hiring a 30 year old offensive coordinator with two years of NFL experience. Yeah. It's, it's hard because, you know, there's a lot that goes into being a head coach outside of just diagramming plays a lot um, more, a, a, a whole lot more. And I don't know if he has even the seasoning to, you know, conduct himself in a press conference. What I have seen a little bit, he, you know, when I watch him on Panthers.com, this is not screaming. This is a leader of men and who should be a head coach. Listen, guys have won Super Bowls, and, and they don't scream that either. So I'm not holding that against him. Bill Belichick but, has six. Yeah, but if I if I am, and I'm going to give an example of a guy, uh, Aaron Glenn, who's going to be interviewing for the New York Jets head coaching job on Monday. Yep. If I'm Aaron Glenn, who played for any number of years and, and had the accolades on the field and uh, played under Bill Parcells, and then Parcells tells me, hey, uh, when I go to him and say, I want to get into coaching, he's like, nope, don't get into coaching yet, get into scouting. So then I go and scout for a few years. Then I get into coaching and I'm, and I'm coaching. I'm coaching up the defensive backfield for the New Orleans Saints. And, and we are taking the football away from guys and we're winning, uh, division titles over and over. And I can finally get a job or at least an interview. And it took all those years and my entire life's been devoted to it. And a guy who was a grad assistant five and a half years ago is in better shape than I to get a head coaching job. That's a, that's a really difficult thing to look at. And that's what a lot of guys in this league, especially minority candidates sure. are looking at. I do not at all. I'm not trying to say Joe Brady shouldn't get a job because he's a 31 year old white man. I'm just saying that if Joe Brady were a 31 year old black offensive coordinator, first of all, would never happen. But second of all, it, <laughs> would he be getting these opportunities after a five and 11 season where the offense wasn't breaking world records? Uh, we know the answer to that is no. I mean, I said this over and look as a white man in his thirties, yeah. you're still in your thirties. <laughs> F you dude. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for six more months. Um, I know. Don't feel like it. I feel like I'm in my fifties as a, as a, as a white male in his thirties, you know, the, 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 uh, the skids are a little greased. I'm not going to lie. So life's a little, probably a little easier. I mean, that's just sort of how it works. Unfortunately, it's, you know, it's, it, it is how it works. And the, the best example I think you can give is Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, highly coveted coaching, uh, you know, coaches, former offensive coordinators for Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy, for whatever reason, is, his name's floated and the, the Texans don't want to interview him. And I understand he does have, there are a few, Red flags in the past. And I get that. And then maybe yeah, that's part of the from, concern from 30 years ago. Right. Sure. I, I'm right. But I mean, like if he's a, 
uh, if he's a white former quarterback, I'm guessing he already has a job is all, is all I'm saying. Yeah. And so the last that I heard about him was, um, it, it looks like it's been narrowed down. If he's going to get a gig of the ones that are available, um, Falcons or Jets. Okay. For Eric B. Um, what do you think about, see, the Jets job to me is up there in attractiveness for a coach because they have Joe Douglas as the GM and it feels like Joe Douglas wants to do things the right way there. Uh, Arthur Smith, Eric Bieniemy, um, anybody else makes sense for them? Uh, I mean, you know, you can look at a Brian Dable, perhaps. I don't know sure. if he accepted or turned down. You know, there's, a, as you know, there's so many of these. The, the thing when you talk about attractiveness, okay, so who's the quarterback? You, you don't have that answer just yet. So that's an issue. And ownership is also an issue. Uh, Woody Johnson's coming back from his ambassadorship, uh, to the UK. Uh, it's not like he's been one of the world's best, uh, sports team owners. He's a disaster, so, a, fl- yeah. a walking disaster in a, in a terrible white ball cap. Yeah. So, um, you know, even, you know, his ambassadorship was filled with controversy as well. So do you want to go play for them? And then you have the AFC East where the Jets are very surely behind the Bills and the Dolphins right now. And if Belichick can write the ship, which of course he can, you you are fourth in the AFC East, and it's not really a question about it. By a long shot. Yeah. By a long shot. So I don't know how attractive that one really is. You got a quarterback options though. If you like Sam Darnold, you can try to make it work with Sam Darnold. Probably on a cheaper cost than you know your average franchise quarterback would be but certainly cheaper cost and if you don't like sam darnold you can probably pedal him to the steelers for a second round pick yeah yeah i mean i would i think we'd all put jacksonville at the top you got carolina i put washington up there even though you're probably going to lack a little autonomy um and yeah the jets are somewhere slotted in there at four or five probably the lions um because we don't know what the owner there is going to be like since she took over for her mother but yeah i'd have the lions around there and then the jets are four or five okay uh, if you had to hire one head coaching candidate that's floating out there. And by the way, we sort of left off on Joe Brady too. The other thing I would say about Joe Brady, um, worked for the Saints in a non-forward role, went to LSU where he was kind of treated as the offensive coordinator, but was really just the passing game coordinator, which is fine. They had a great season. Gets the job with Carolina in a pandemic. So like there's no... No, I mean, like, I, you know, maybe like Joe Person has spent a reasonable lot of time with him, but like, I don't think anybody outside the, I mean, probably not, right? And nobody outside I, of the Panthers organization can ver like, and I think the, the person to person contact matters when you're talking about a head coach. It, it certainly does. So it's not like he has you a, you hire a head coach off a Zoom call? I, I, I would not do that. And right. I would, I would hire based off the network that I have or that that coach has and the people that I trust who can speak on that person. And if you don't have that sort of network, that's going to be difficult, uh, to do. You talk about head coach. I'm going to name two. Obviously it's Eric the enemy. Uh, you, you coach, uh, an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP guy who's probably going to be runner up to the MVP this year in Patrick Mahomes. Um, and you only lose once outside of the Chad Henney game a couple weeks ago. You only lose once in 25 games. Yeah. I like that guy. Um, and then Robert Sala, I think yeah. that just the way that his defenses, despite the injuries, play against top talent, uh, top, you know, great offenses, how they just have the, the Rams number, how they get the Seahawks and Russell Wilson fits, all of those things. Um, and without a Bosa this season, 
Yeah. yeah, that's that's the guy I want. I do want him to quit with the get back coach. I just want him to to know that like, hey, you, you really you don't have to go out to the numbers to make your point. That's that's fine. Right. Uh, that that's what college coaches do. Yeah, you're like you're making Sean McVay look like he's sitting on the bench here, pal. I mean, so, so <laughs> um, I yeah, I would I would agree with that. And Robert Sala has a very the buzzword this year is CEO feel, but Robert yeah. Sala has a very CEO feel in that you know you kind of want his imprint. I don't know if it's a CEO so much as you want his energy going through an organization. You, f- you just, you know, you feel like, like that. If I, if I'm an owner of a team and I ultimately make a mistake hiring a head coach, I can live with the mistake of hiring a Robert Sala. If he winds up being just an absolute dud at head coach, everything that I value, the principles that I set forth for my organization, that's the guy that I want to pinpoint. Whereas if I had hired a Matt Patricia, like shame on me for this not working out because there were so many red flags that it wouldn't work out. Sure. If Robert Sala doesn't work out, you know what? <laughs> I, I I don't think I did anything wrong there. All right. Uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to, if I'm picking one, I'm going with the uh, middle-aged white guy who's, uh, whose dad is, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, we joked about Arthur Smith in FedEx. Naturally. But, but, but yeah, right. That That's a joke. I'm joking. There. But uh, by all accounts, I really do think Arthur Smith, I think there's something to that. The fact that, this guy is, is literally stands to inherit billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to do anything and like grinded his way through the, the, you know, the, like the, the crappy jobs. Yeah. You know, it'd be like if you were, you were like Mr. McClatchy's kid, you know, <laughs> and you, you could be, you could go be the sports editor at any paper you wanted just by, you know, snapping your fingers. And right. instead you worked in the, you know, I went and covered local courts in Des Moines. Like, yeah. I, I mean, to me, I think that's a big factor. And I, and I, I really do feel bad about kind of dogging him when he first got the job as OC. Cause I, I think, you know, I think it was like, it was just like, wait, Fred Smith's kid got a, you know, like, what yeah, he that? didn't have a Wikipedia page. Uh, I was, <laughs> I found out, I was like, oh, he went to Carolina. Like, seriously? He did? Yeah. 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 He played oh. Carolina back in like the Bunning days. Oh, um, man. I wonder if, wait, that's like when I was there. Yeah. 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 Oh. But uh, oh, yeah, he's 38. I mean, he was at, uh, I, I would think that he's in his thirties. He had to be a lineman, right? Uh, tight end, offensive lineman. Let's see. Only played a single game. Offensive line, dude. I bet he played with uh, Will Chapman, or about, about the same time as Chapman, who I don't know particularly well. But there you go. Chapman, Chapman was the dude who lined up. He went to he went to Episcopal with my buddy Zeke, naturally, and um, he 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 lined up uh, uh, opposite Peppers at the end. Okay. So, gotcha. and like yeah, Chapman was like, uh, like, I mean, like he looked like nothing compared to Peppers, but I mean, he had a, he had a pretty good uh, college career as a result. There was uh, a, anyway, uh, in, I think, in UNC's I think, bio, he, Arthur Smith had, um, said that he read the Wall Street Journal every day. And, but, but to your point, the fact that not only has he been grinding, but he is also, he, he, uh, you would hope understands you know, he can, he's absolutely the trust fund kid because he has a gigantic trust fund, yeah. but he has also been grinding and he knows the other side of things, knows it from a player perspective, has been around these players who've come from vastly different backgrounds. And so he can get it from any number of angles. So yeah, he's a very attractive candidate, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I would love to see honestly what Arthur Smith's offense looks like in with the Chargers and, uh, and Justin Herbert, because I think that would be a fun fit. Um, okay, that'll do it for us. You've got to go do stuff. I've got to go do stuff as well. JJ, always a pleasure, buddy. Hope uh, hope everything's good up there. Make sure and watch 
Well, let's see, what do you have? You have CBS Sports HQ, tons of hits this week, I assume. Yeah, I assume as well. Uh, CBS Sports Network for that other pregame show now uh, in these next two weeks from 10 to 12 on CBS Sports Network. Sunday. 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. And Sunday for the pregame show. That's Sunday right. For the pregame show. All right, buddy. Thanks as always. Appreciate you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.